Welcome back to another episode of Who's Saving the Planet. Welcome to Who's Saving the Planet. I'm your host, Tony Noto. With me is Lex Keith Harbor. Welcome to Who's Saving the Planet. I am your host, Tony Noto. With me is Lex Keith Harbor. Welcome to Who's Saving the Planet. I am your host, Tony Noto. With me is the brave Brooklyn boss, Lex Keith Harbor. Welcome to the 50th episode of Who's Saving the Planet? Big 5-0. Big 5-0. Do you know how many things don't make it to 50? No. There are sitcoms and movies with endless sequels, millions of people and dollars on the line, and they don't get to 50. Yeah. Maybe The Fest and the Furious will make it to 50. Well, if anyone's got a shot, they've probably got a shot. Right. <laughs> but but here us, we are. This is quite an accomplishment. And yeah. to start this wonderful episode off, we're putting you in the hot seat, Lex Kefauver. A lot of our listeners out there think of us as just a podcast, but that's not quite what we are. We have some ulterior motives and they're good motives. And here you are to talk about them. Yeah. I mean, it's been such a journey. We started this back in March with just you and I thinking about how we can start broadening our horizons in terms of learning what products, what technologies, what services are out there that are working to make our planet a better place and how we can connect consumers with those products, services, technologies. And in the course of doing so, I think that we've had a tremendous opportunity to meet some amazing people, amazing entrepreneurs and inventors and innovators that are building some wild stuff, all united by this idea that we've got one home and we've got this opportunity to save it and we got to pull together to do that. Yeah. And so there was a point at like this summer when it switched from just being something to, to demonstrate what other people are doing to save the planet and then to become, for us to become an agent actually working ourselves to save the planet. Yeah. And we've been on that journey now for the last, you know, four or five months, really. Yeah. And this, this show sort of evolved from us spotlighting interesting folks to really zeroing in on specific problems within climate change and what those people are doing to solve those problems. And so we came up with this three act structure, a uh, problem, solution and viability. And now we're gonna turn the tables and look at ourselves. What's the problem that we're looking to solve? What's the solution and is it viable? Yeah. Okay, so let's dig in. In the course of talking with a lot of these brands, a lot of these companies that are making things for consumers, we've identified that there's two main problems and these problems exist for the brands regardless of what vertical they're in and the problems also exist for the consumers. So the first problem is that there are so many new brands that have come to market that are making sustainable stuff. So if you go through a CVS or a pharmacy or a Macy's, pretty much anything you see on those shelves, there's an alternative that is better for the planet than what already exists. And the problem is that those alternatives exist everywhere on the internet. They're mostly direct to consumer companies. They don't have a retail presence and most of them are startups. So they don't have a huge marketing budget, which means that most consumers aren't aware that they exist. So the first problem is one of this diaspora of stuff 
without a central location for consumers to go to then flip through it as they would a digital catalog of the things that are saving the planet. Yes. Diaspora. Good word. Thank you. I'm almost positive that means what I think it means, but we're going to go with it. Yeah. Okay. This is our show. We can go with whatever we want. Right. So that's problem <laughs> number one. Problem number two. Let's say you even find the stuff you think you're looking for. So we're focusing on fashion for our first vertical. If you find the, let's say you're looking for sneakers, for sneakers that you think are sustainable. These days, every brand that's come to market in the last five years, for the most part, has said that they are sustainable in one way or another. But from a consumer standpoint, it's really, really hard to know. One, are they actually as sustainable as they say? Or two, how sustainable are they compared to the other options that are available? So the word sustainable is so overused at this point that it's almost getting to the point where it doesn't mean anything. Hmm. You got those two things together. On one point, there's a lack of a single place for consumers to find what they need. And on the other, there's consumer confusion in terms of how much can I trust what these brands are saying about themselves in regards to their sustainability and how sustainable are they compared to the other brands in that same space? Yeah, I certainly get confused and I, I put a lot of thought into it. I mean, I'm on this show. I meet a lot of these, uh, a lot of the folks who started these companies and I, at the end of the day, when I still go to the store, I'm a little clueless on what to buy, what to uh, shop for. Totally. And uh, when I do my shopping on the web, I'm still a little confused because it's hard to pinpoint what, what products are best for me and, and the planet. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things out there that will, will rate products according to sustainability. And some of them are really, really scientific, but they're not useful to consumers because they, they can't translate that into a way that's easy and simple for consumers to use. And in order to be able to solve the problem that we're trying to solve, which is to get people to buy more sustainable things so that companies will make more sustainable things and be compelled to create values along with price and along with efficacy in their supply chain and in their products, you need to make it simple. People need to have an easy solution to understand what's good and what's bad and where to find it. And so what's the solution? There you go. So that doesn't exist right now in a way that is really broken through. It exists in some ways where it's like Lex and Tony's fun time sustainable blog, but there's no science, or it could exist in like this really super sophisticated sciencey thing that has no consumer bent. That We're was a working title pro- for the, the yeah. startup for a while. Exactly. <laughs> Lex and Tony's fun time blog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fortunately, we passed on that one. So there needs to be something that combines a rigorous and defensible scientific rubric that measures a product's sustainability in relation to the other products within that vertical and a consumer-friendly, consumer-focused site, place, be that website, app, channel, what have you, for consumers to go to find these products. And it needs to happen at the same time. And I think the reason why it doesn't exist is that it's super hard to do either one of those things and then like ridiculously hard to do both at once, but that is exactly what we are doing. We're creating, imagine if you will, Amazon meets consumer reports for sustainability. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, but will it work? Is it viable? That, my friend, is the adventure that we are undertaking. (laughs) It is not without its challenges, to be sure. But here are the things that we have going for us. Heart. We got a lot of heart in this. We got, I think, a pretty clear need in the market. I think the timing is right 
people want this. People, this is the moment right now and sustainability is coming to the fore. And probably our greatest asset are the people who are helping to create and build this thing. Yeah, and we've that, assembled. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's who we're going to be talking to for the rest of this is the people, the team that are that have come together to build the next version of who's saving the planet. This, this to bring to life this idea of bringing the products together with the consumers that want to shop sustainability and the information they need to make the best choices for them. Yeah, we have a wonderful team that we've assembled helping us along the way. Uh, we want to give them a little bit of a shout out right now. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the different divisions of the team. And so we're going to talk to our sustainable scorecard scientists, the people that are putting together the rubric to understand are these products sustainable or not. And they're going to go through how they figured out what parameters to use, what the process is of figuring that out, and then what the output is. And then we're going to talk to some content creators, the people that are actually making those amazing posts that you see on Instagram and the articles on the website. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with our indefatigable business development team, Logan and Katie, who are going out into the world and recruiting brands to our platform so that we can share their products with our customers. Indefatigable. Another amazing word. You must have did really well on the SATs. I actually did do very well in the SATs, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Going to be a good time. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. So this is us turning the microphone back on us. And listen, before we get into it, to everybody listening right now, thank you so much for coming along with this journey. Your feedback, your listens, the, the outreach that you do through email, through social, it means the world. And we couldn't have gotten here without you. So thank you so much. And stay tuned. Stick around. The best is really yet to come. We're building something that's going to be pretty incredible. Hello, my name is Matt Walls. I am a PhD candidate at Binghamton University, and I currently study election forecasting as well as I do a lot of work with uh, dimensionality redu reduction techniques. I'm Rowan Alola. I recently finished my degree in applied mathematics from Columbia University. I have an experience in analyzing complex systems. Uh, especially in the field of sustainability, and I'm joining the team as a data visualization specialist. Hi, I'm Lily. I'm a sustainability specialist, graduated from Maastricht University in the Netherlands, and now I'm in Europe seeking ways to help companies to be more sustainable. Hi, I'm Jonas Donfield. Um, I graduated from Carleton College with a degree in geology. Um, I work in paleoclimatology and do research with sustainability science. In keeping with the podcast theme, I guess we'll start with you, Lex. Um, before April 2020, what were you doing? What got you here? Um, yeah, why did you start WSTP? I have been driven by this internal need to get in the fight to help save the planet, and I didn't know how to do that. And so the first way that I explore things is to see who else is out there that is so much smarter than I am that I can benefit from talking to. And that's how the pod podcast began. It was a way to explore all of the innovators and scientists and entrepreneurs that are creating the technologies and products that we'll need so that I could help learn about it. I could provide myself with the best way to expose one's person to 
knowledge, which is learning directly from the people that are building stuff. So you've kind of gone to the next step from your podcast. You're building um, a sustainability scorecard. And well, I'm not building a sustainable scorecard because I am surely not the one you want driving that bus. But <laughs> we're going to meet right. the fantastic scientists who are. Okay, so yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of throw this to them then. Um, how are you guys approaching this? You know, what, what data or what databases are you using and why have you chosen them? So what we did first is we had to figure out, like, what does sustainability mean? So we basically broke it down into three major components. There's an economic component, a social component, and uh, an environmental component. And each of these three elements have a lot of variables within them that all come together to define sustainability. So that was the, the framework with which we started. And there are countless questions you can ask. Um, <clears throat> but we began with the, the understanding of the UN's sustainable development goals as the, the jumping off point for considering what kinds of parameters and questions we wanted to ask about sustainability. Tell me something about the science behind the scorecard. Mm, so the science about the scorecard is, I think that we choose, we have to make sure that we choose the right parameters to include it in the survey. And right, right, right now the survey is the way we choose to collect information. And also to ensure that we ask them the right questions. Okay, so and, what, what, and how... And how are you gonna, you know, generate the score from, from the inv information that you get back from these companies? Oh, I think Matt can answer that. Yeah, so I, I can talk a little bit about this. Um, so what we're doing with the, the survey itself is, so we, we, Jonas mentioned this earlier, is we've got these three main components of sustainability. Um, we're focusing on the environment, uh, social components, as well as economic components. And so what the survey does is at a very basic level, since this is our the beta version of our survey, um, it captures between five to eight different factors of each of these components. Um, and so what we're attempting to do then with, if we have say five components or questions in regards to say the economic sustainability, we can use a method called principal component analysis, which basically it's a dimensionality reduction technique. So what it does is it can it can shrink those down to a single dimension if we want it to, um, or we can use multiple dimensions. So by shrinking it down to a single dimension, it basically means it'll produce a single score. And then with those scores for each economic, social, as well as environmental, um, we can combine them to, um, to pr pr present it to a consumer. So the consumer itself can actually um, adjust weights depending on what they think is the most important component to them. So if they have a strong feeling towards environmental sustainability, then they can weight that far higher than say the economic or social components. Um, yeah, so this, this methodology, methodology that we're using is basically a tool that can take these, these many factors and condense them down to, to a single factor. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, Matt. And um, so you said you're kind of at the, at the beta phase of it. Uh, when can we expect to see uh, some of these companies being scored? So I can jump in on that one. We are, we are actively reaching out to these companies and we're starting to populate this scoring system, which is so exciting. So some of the people that have been on the podcast and other friends of the pod, and we'll wrap this up at the end of the podcast as well. But if you know of a company that you want to get scored or if you yourself have a company 
come to us. We are the we are open for scoring business to get more people involved in that. And we are redesigning the website and providing these scores to the public within the next coming weeks. Cool. And related to that, um, Lex, you know, how do you envision that um, we're going to be able to sustain ourselves from this from this scorecard and this brand that you're creating? Well, that is a very different question entirely um, that we can definitely touch on later on. But I love to figure out what the score is going to, what, how it's going to help everyday people, how it's going to provide value to them. And maybe Rowan could jump in and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So as Matt explained, once we have the infrastructure to generate the scores for environmental, economic, and social dimensions of sustainability separately, the user would be able to get an overall performance of the score of, of their favorite products. And what makes it interesting is that you as a user would be able to give weights to the things that matters most to you within the broader definition of sustainability that we have. So it's, it's a dynamic feature and it's not only informative, but it's actually fun to play with. And the other thing is that the scores are continuously changing as we add more and more products. And the score that you see is actually a score of what that product is doing compared to other products in our database. So there is no absolute good or bad. It's always a relative performance and that pushes companies to do better and for the consumer to see how their products are doing compared to other products. And what would you say have been your biggest challenges, um, you know, in creating the initial surveys or in creating the scorecard? What would you, what would you say? I think this sort of goes back to the like notion of, of figuring out how to measure sustainability, which is like a huge question in and of itself, because sustainability can mean so many different things to so many different people. Um, and if you take sort of like the broadest definition of sustainability, which is that you're trying to, provide a habitable and successful future for the planet and everyone who's on the planet, people, animals, plants, what have you. It sort of is like anything can fall under the umbrella of sustainability. Um, so I think the biggest challenge was, or has been trying to figure out what parameters we want to include in this just beta version of the survey. And Matt can probably talk a little bit more about this, but as we continue to progress in developing questions and figuring out how to assess sustainability, we will likely continue to add more and more parameters that encompass a broader version of sustainability. Yeah, so I would, I would agree with what Jonas said entirely. Um, so the, the challenge really was, and it is a very complex term um, that we're attempting to capture. And the only way you can accurately measure these things is actually breaking them down to single measurable components, which is what we're attempting to do with this first iteration of the survey. Um, so what we're, what we're really capturing with, with the first go around is just um, the most simple things we could find to directly measure. Um, and so when we're gonna build out this survey, we have to think through these challenging problems of how do we measure some of these complex terms? Cause we have to break them down even further and further into these measurable components. So that is um, an ongoing challenge and you know, we look forward to tackling it. Cool. Um, was that the seven minutes that you wanted, Lex? Or, cause I feel like it's gone on way more, sorry. How long do you think that was? 
I felt like that was 20. 14. Okay. Um, but I think that was great. I thought everyone did a really nice job with that. Uh, and it was clean and we can go back through and edit some things down. Uh, I didn't want to not address the question of how we make money, but we're going to do that in a different segment specifically. That's going to be like, what is the business case for this and how does that evolve into it? Um, but I want to leave you guys with something that like I've been thinking about a lot as I've been talking to people about what we're doing, which is like a vision for the future as it, as it will happen and how we can play a part in that. So there's going to come a time where every product has a story behind it. And that story is the origin story of where did it come from? How is it made? And how is it touching the humans that were in that process and that are using it and it will be there at the end of its life cycle? And that's something that I feel very strongly we will come to expect out of all the things that we can buy. And so we will be living our values through the things that we choose to purchase if we are so privileged to be able enough to do that and to have that ability to like make those choices. <clears throat> so like imagine a world where there is this browser plugin and anytime you are shopping for something, you can say, does this comport to my values? Does this, is this in line with what I think I want? And you can use that to check and you can see, well, based on how I've set my values, this either falls in line or it doesn't. And they can offer you something else or uh, imagine an app that you could pull up that you could scan any barcode of something when you're shopping in an actual location or even something that you could use as an AR mo module where you have your phone, you put your phone up and you point it at like a wall of soup and you can just see a heat map of which soups are the ones that are, that are made in the way that you want them to be made, that are using the right materials that you want to be used. And you could do the same thing with what have you. Like that, that future will exist and that future will exist in our lifetimes. And I think that we're trying to start at the beginning. We're trying to like build the first smallest step, which is to prove that people want this and that to some degree they're willing to pay for it. And that's like step one. And then we can go build the future that we want to live in. How'd I do? All right, yeah. You ready to cut a check? Yeah, I think Rowan? You have no, Rowan's on the approval. <laughs> You should have seen his eye roll last week. I will never forget that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wanted to send him like a Venmo for a chiropractor. I was worried about his neck. The sky was gray and I was really unhappy that it was overcast. And I just looked up and it looked like an eye roll. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, if it wasn't timed when I also said, let me talk about Play-Doh right now, maybe, but yeah. Let's get into the content side of things with two of our fantastic star, both content producers and consumers and all around mavens of sustainability, Jessica Miles and Emma Zawacki. Welcome on board. And I'm so excited to listen and talk to you guys about what all the content we're producing is. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. Cool. So Jess, you've been writing for us and been producing a number of blog pieces. Tell us about what that process has been like and what you feel like you've learned and the things you've been able to share. Yeah. So the thing that drew me to Who's Saving the Planet in the first place was the way that you make uh, sustainability accessible. As an environmentalist, um, 
I've often wanted to buy sustainable products, but I found it hard to determine like what's actually sustainable and uh, has research behind it. So I really appreciated that. Um, and personally, um, I found it really cool to have such a wide breadth of topics. Like for example, um, learning how to get into composting, which I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, and like learning that the Bokashi method was a thing. Um, Bokashi method? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea about that until I read your article around it. Yeah, I didn't know either. Um, <laughs> uh, but also getting to collaborate with uh, the content team as a whole, which is amazing, and reading other people's articles, um, like the solar panel waste, which I did not know was a thing, um, or zero waste uh, skincare. So it's just been a really cool experience. So how would you how would you like encapsulate sort of the objective of what we're going for as a group as a community with this content yeah i think that our goal is to reach people who care about the environment but don't necessarily have the time to do a whole bunch of research by themselves um, and they're looking for ways to determine what products are actually uh sustainable um and i think that the breadth of topics covered on the blog is a, a good starting place for that. Yeah. And I love how when you guys are writing things, you, you give us also a sense of hope, the sense of optimism that like there are solutions to these problems and that it's not just, you know, they call it catastrophe porn or what have you. <laughs> porn. It's like, there's good, there's good things out there too. And we want to highlight those stories. Yeah, definitely no doom scrolling um, and your climate despair will be assuaged <laughs> with our site. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Emma, talk to me about all things social media. You have totally come in and given us a sense of brand identity and perspective on our social media accounts. Yeah, thank you. Um, so right now we're trying to expand. We've done a lot on Instagram. And what's so awesome about Instagram is just how easy it is to reach all different kinds of people. We've had so many great podcast guests. We've found some on Instagram. We've connected with them on Instagram. And it's just such a great community for getting just the right amount of information that's good and solid while not bogging down with too many details. And it's just overall very accessible. And that's the most fun I've had with Instagram actually is really writing all of the captions and trying to have as much of a personable voice that I possibly can to try to reach as many people as possible. I loved your post about mushrooms. I'm a huge mushroom fan. And so like oh. learning about not only just how awesome mushrooms are, but the other uses for them was so exciting for me because I'm the kind of guy that gets excited about mushrooms. <laughs> I've mentioned this to you before, but I really appreciated your post with Ewan McGregor and the seals because that was so <laughs> cute. <laughs> Just stole my heart. <laughs> awesome. So we've also had a chance to learn through these social media things in addition to be able to share some of the information that we have. Um, what kind of brands have you discovered through these social media, social media communities that we've incorporated into either the podcast or into the blog or into the brands that we feature on the website? So my favorite that I discovered through Instagram was Post Carbon Lab. And yeah, they, yeah they're that awesome. episode was so cool. 
yeah, the wearable trees, which is absolutely insane, but that'd just be so cool if all of our clothes could just turn into trees and that was something that everybody did. So they were amazing and they were so nice and so easy to contact. It was just, it was awesome. So if you were each going to give one pitch to the people listening about why they should not only come on board, join our Who's Saving the Planet family through reading the blog or following us on social media, media, but also tell their friends to do it, what would that pitch be? Jess, you go first. I think if you want a safe harbor from hearing about how the world is currently on fire, uh, Who's Saving the Planet is a great place to start. We're optimistic, upbeat, and hopeful about the future for the environment while also being realistic about the sustainability of different products. That's awesome. So much better than I could have done it. Emma, what do you think? I think that the coolest part about us is that we're very much a community. Everybody on the team has very uh, interesting, cool backgrounds that are different from everybody else. And we just love learning, which is awesome because the, there's so much we don't know and it's very complicated sometimes, but we're doing our best with you to try and see through the mess a little bit. Absolutely. The community aspect is so important. Every, every week we have our all hands meeting and we all do glows at the beginning where everyone has to say something good about someone else on the team. And it's taken so long now because there's so many of us, but it's like so important. I feel like it just feels good to be able to support each other in what can be a hard and trying time with all the other stuff going on in the world to build the people up around you. Absolutely. Got to keep the glow train running. Keep the glow train running. Well, thank you both for all the work that you're doing. It's truly phenomenal and it gives life to the ideas that we have. It, it gives personality. Both of your voices are so strong in terms of having a sense of self, but also welcoming and inviting. I think it, it certainly makes me a little bit more hopeful as I get a chance to read and, and absorb the content that you guys are creating. Okay, we have with us now our fearless and faithful business development team. Will you guys introduce yourselves? Katie, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, I recently graduated from Villanova in May, and I majored in environmental studies, and I also minored in communication and sustainability studies. Perfect. I'm Logan. I recently graduated from UC Irvine, where I studied environmental science and policy and sustainability, and yeah. So you guys have been helping us to figure out how we take all of these amazing things, the scorecard, the content that we're producing, the ethos, the purpose, and help turn that into a business. And so in the third part of all of our conversations with all the startups we interview comes the viability part. So how does this become something that's like really important? Let's start off by just figuring out like if I'm a brand, if I have a product in the world, why would I want to get it scored in the beginning? in the first place what would do what's in it for me yeah well i think just um consumers are looking for transparency and a lot of times sustainability is just kind of thrown around especially nowadays in the fashion world so i think having this scorecard and having a score that can tell consumers exactly the ways in which the product is sustainable would be really important to brands who are trying to promote all the sustainable initiatives that they're taking. Yeah, um, 
we want to reward the brands who are making actual sustainable stuff with, you know, consumer trust and consumer transparency about how good the product actually is. And then also these, these brands can see how their products compare to major companies like Zara or also smaller brands like themselves. So it kind of gives them that transparent eye into what's, what's actually sustainable. So do you think that there's a lot of confusion right now when it comes to consumers figuring out what is good or bad or how good something is for the planet? Definitely. Definitely. I think, I think you see now a lot of like huge, huge companies that kind of make like an eco-conscious line or something. And it can be confusing because you kind of know that their supply chain definitely isn't the most sustainable thing. Then you see that being advertised. And I think it's super confusing as someone who does try and stop shop sustainably myself. Yeah, it's hard to trust which brands are actually doing the right thing because like we said, that word sustainable is just thrown around so much these days. So having our third party unbiased verification is, is huge. Yeah, we actually, we put a little survey into the field, um, us, the Who's Saving the Planet team did, and we found that consumers are more likely to trust a third party source. So somebody else who's coming in that can validate what they say about their sustainability and they'd be willing to pay more if they knew something was sustainable. So those two things, the willingness to pay and the trust factor are, you know, we think is a great way to empower brands with the tools that they'll need to really be able to, like you said, Logan, reward themselves for the work they're putting in to make their products better. But at the end of the day, we ourselves are trying to start a business too. So at this point, we're not charging anyone anything from the consumer side or the brand side, but down the road, we're going to try to um, build this into something where we have a big enough audience that we can generate affiliate marketing revenue. So what, what is that? I mean, like you said, we don't want to make money or we're not going to make any money off you right away. And from affiliate marketing, we won't make any money until you do as a brand. So let's say we can write, we can have our content team write about how great your product is, how much better it is than this big brand. And when they click through our website onto yours and buy something from your website, we get a small share of that profit. It's kind of the same that it works, that ads work everywhere. But I think the <laughs> thing that's really important and that we bake into um, to everything we do is that the scoring itself is totally separate from any sort of revenue generation. So like we don't tip the scales at all in any way about what the score says. The, brand, the business development team is about figuring out how to connect consumers that want these products with the brands that have them. But our job is in no way to distort that information or to manipulate it or to like, you know, try to make an extra dollar because we think that we can come off on head. It's to build trust to build trust with the brands and to trust with the consumers. So in, in efforts of doing that, Katie, what do you think the most important thing is for us to be able to tell to these brands to convince them that like we have integrity ourselves? Yeah, I think, I think just the fact that we're like, we're really just trying to do this because it's something we believe should be easy to find. And we believe in the brands that we've chosen to reach out to that they are doing something really, really good. So yeah, I think just 
this is coming from a really pure place of just wanting to elevate sustainable fashion brands and help consumers find it. So how did you figure out, because you guys, you both were the ones that originated this uh, list of brands that we're starting to reach out to and created sort of like a rubric about whether or not they fit with what we're trying to do for the platform. What were some of the things that you considered when you thought about who we want to bring into the Who's Saving the Planet family from the brand side of things? Yeah, uh, we did kind of a semi deep dive on things like materials they use, uh, type of water they do use, recycled water, uh, social factors and economic factors. But in the end, we kind of trusted our eye to see are these brands, is sustainability core to their mission or is it just something that they're putting out there? So when you, when you reach out to these brands or when you go on their websites, you can tell right away, hey, they're being public with their information about why they're sustainable or they're just going like, hey, we're this green brand, we're eco-friendly, trust us. So Yeah, we had to avoid all the greenwashing that's online. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so for consumers, we're trying to put in like two steps to this. One is everything that you just said, where we're only trying to pick brands that we want to work with who do have this ethos. And two, the scoring system itself is completely independent of what us, the humans, like feel and think about it in the terms of like a business side of things. It's just based on the science and just based on the way that they are factoring in those different variables and not about what may make a business an extra dollar or two. Exactly. It's kind of like the old school church and state thing, you know, where like old school newspapers, the editorial, this may be before your time, but a newspaper is a thing that you would pick <laughs> up and read. And, what? And the editorial <laughs> side of it, yeah, I know it's wild. But the people that would sell the ads for the newspapers were on one side of the business and the people that would write the stories and decide what to cover were on another side of the business. And so we're in the same way where the people that are bringing on brands to help uh, connect them with the consumers and then generate revenue for the business are totally different from the people that are building the score and deciding how that gets adjudicated. And that's really important because yeah. we need to trust ourselves. We need to have integrity so that the brands will trust us and that the consumers can trust it. We're just calling balls and strikes when it comes to what's good or bad for the planet. And our heart is started in a place to say, what do we want to see in the world that we would use? to build this well said yeah <laughs> well every once in a while hey um what else would you want to say to all of our listeners about what they could expect from the site like how would you guys use it the who's saving the planet website go check out our podcast for sure first listen to these people that we well, bring on what's up yeah Hopefully they're listening to the podcast right now, in which case we've got step <laughs> yeah, one of the podcast. <laughs> Edit it out. Come on. <laughs> no, we're keeping it in. But for, um, for, for users, right? For people that want to shop sustainably, um, how would you guys use what we're building? Mm, I think just being able to have such – like knowing like all the science and stuff that's gone into this would make me feel really like secure making a purchase from here. No, like not from here, but from one of the brands that we're scoring would make me feel a lot better than just buying from a site that says they're sustainable. And I, a lot of times, obviously people shopping online, like you don't have time to go through a whole sustainability tab and check what's going on. Like, I think this is just something that'll be more quick and easy when you're looking to make a purchase. Yeah, don't just take our word for it. Go, go check our science. See if you can understand it, but it's there. 
<laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much, not only for coming on and helping explain this right now, but for all the work that you've done to get us to this point. It's truly been uh, such a pleasure from, from my perspective, being able to work with you and to see the work you've done. I've been inspired by it. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks Ag. for having us. Yeah. Okay. So Lex, tell me how you're going to get WSTP to become a household name. Ah, uh, yes. The last segment. It's always, it's crazy to be on the other side of this. Usually we're interviewing other people and be like, so what's your plan? Um, well, here's how we're planning on doing that. One, I truly believe that this needs to happen, that we need as consumers to understand the stories behind the products as they pertain to our values. So do we want to make sure we're only buying things that are ethically made in source, that are treating the people that make them fairly, that have an end of life plan for when these things need to get recycled and that are all in all better for the environment, that are better for the future? So whether it is someone else, WSCP, or whether it is another one of the amazing companies that we work with and interview, or a combination of it, like us as a people, as, as a society, we need to have a better understanding of how our purchasing decisions affect our future. So one, I think it's going to happen, and I think the train's leaving the station, and I'm betting the farm on it. But how are we going to do it? So the content side of things, the plan for that is to be able to provide people a really welcoming, safe, educational place to learn about sustainability, which brings them in the top of the funnel, if you will, for the marketing speak. And then they get introduced to the products that they didn't necessarily know that were there, but they're in line with things they're already looking for. And then they're able to customize the scoring system based to their values, which is what our 2.0 is working off of. So I think that the combination of those three things, the really cool content that bring people in, the access to these products, which uh, they maybe didn't know were there, weren't exposed to before that, and then also the differentiator of understanding how these products fit in with whether or not they're good for the planet and how they compare to each other is really a difference maker. It's something that people uh, need and will value. And so, why? yeah, go ahead. Oh, and why now? So... Often with startups, there's a combination of, is this the right team in place? Uh, is your idea good and can you build it? And also the timing part. And the timing part is huge. So we've seen a lot of things that are out of our control happening. For instance, people are trying to shop more sustainably. There's more, uh, there's more consumer awareness over how things are for the planet. There's more marketing from the product sides explaining what their sort of green strategy is. ESG as just an idea, as well as a specific subset of uh, asset classes is growing. And to be honest, like we're kind of screwed if we don't figure out answers to this question. So like why now is because we can't wait another five years or 10 years for someone else to come in and build this thing. We need to create the future that we want to see. And that means influencing companies from the bottom up from like our consumer decisions saying we want to make better choices. So that'll force those companies to make better products to cater to more people. I think that right now is because this, all of those things are coming into the, uh, coming together at once. We have the technology to do the scoring. We have products in the markets that want to differentiate themselves. We have consumers that want to make better purchasing decisions. They just need a guide. They need a map to go from that desire to the stuff they actually want to buy. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why I love working in a team of people that feel that way about all of the things that I'm passionate about, like every day. Yeah. Oh, that's Simon. Hold on one second. He's always very cheerful when, it, when we get the chance to talk with each other. Um, so um, yeah, it's, it's totally inspiring to talk to, and we're going to, we're going to shout out everyone that's involved at the end of this to really like say, we super appreciate everyone coming on board to help build this, but there's a couple of things that we need to do in order to be able to actually turn this into a business. One, like Logan and Katie were saying, we need to actually start generating revenue so that we can prove that this there's product market fit. And that's what we're working on. And then two is we need to go out into the world and start raising some money so that we can actually start paying some people. And that's what I'm working on too. And sort of like my my purpose here is to sort of steer the ship and make sure we don't run out of money, which is easy in so far because we don't have any money. So there's nothing to run out of, but it gets harder. But like, come with me to a vision of the future. So we're starting with this uh, as the fashion vertical. So we're going to be looking at clothes and and wearable things, but that's not where we're going to end. There is a future where we've built enough of an understanding about products and a breadth of this data set that can live anywhere. So it can be a browser plugin that is on your computer. And anytime you're shopping for anything, it'll show you the score as it pertains to your values and then offer you other things that you can select that have a better in line with where do you want to buy. Or it could be a standalone app that you're able to scan product labels. And then you can understand if this meets your personal threshold of whether or not it's good enough for you, or even a world where there's augmented reality and you're looking out into uh, any sort of real life consumer opportunity department store and overlaid on that is a heat map of the stuff that's better for the planet, according to what you think. And you can sort of just easily navigate that world so that the stuff that you are, are consuming, whether that's your food or your clothes or the things that you are putting in your house or your cars, you're driving or what have you are in line with your values. And that, that is a way that we can express ourselves through consumerism. That's also ethically and empathetically true to who we are. Yeah. And where can people go to, well, first for your loyal planet ears to get all this content and then two for the brands to, to be part of this survey. Absolutely. So come to who's check out what we're doing. We're redesigning it right now, which should be launched up with the version 1.5 and then 2.0 is coming out as soon as Ian, our faithful dev lead is going to push it out there. He and I have a, such a love hate relationship as does every CEO and head of technical development. Um, so come to who's And if you know of a company that you think should be scored and specifically in this fashion space right now, or if you yourself are one, reach out. Uh, our email, our contact information is on the website. Um, we also answer everything through social media. So give us a follow on Instagram, who's saving the planet and Twitter um, and reach out. Let us know that you think that you want to be part of what we're building. And we'd love to start that conversation. Great. Cool. Uh, so let's, let's give everyone a shout out now. What do you say? Yep. I think that's an awesome idea. Okay. Um, I'm sure that Siani, our faithful audio and video producer, is a, is just queued up the music right now for the outro music. And so that's probably playing gingerly in the background. So Siani Johnson, audio and visual extraordinaire. And why don't you start at the top with the content team? 
uh, Quincy Goss, Emma Zawaki, Christy Taylor, Ashley Elkins, Taylor Hodges, Jessica Miles. And of course, Kirti Ramesh. And for our dev team, we've got Ian Deschau, Sunny Patel, Hayden Linder, Jess Shim, and Chris Humbrabueno. Business development, you go forth. On team BD, we have Logan Weiner, Katie Feener, and Jessica Fishman, and Deidre Bakari Qual. Did I get that right? Well, she'll have to tell you when she comes to our all-hands meeting tomorrow. But yeah, that's Deirdre. And then the science team, which we've all met, Matt, Rowan, Jonas, and Lily. And of course, the faithful podcast co-host, Anthony Noto. So that's our little Who's Saving the Planet family. Listen to everyone who's listened this far and has come with us on this journey. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We've got more in the books. We've got more stories of companies that are saving the planet. And we ourselves, we're going to try to pitch in and do our part too. Sounds great. So that's the whole team. That's our Who's Saving the Planet family. And it's a wonderful family of planeteers. Indeed. We're a strange bunch, but you know what? I think that makes it all the more fun. Yeah, we're definitely fun. Have you seen all the amazing animals on Instagram that Emma posts? Oh, I do. I love her animals on Instagram. All right, everybody, keep following along and um, stay tuned. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week with more planet saving opportunities. And come on board. Come say hi. Bye.